Wow, look! I'm a computer. I'm a computer guy. Everything made out of buttons and wires I'd like to show you. Inside my digital life. Inside my mind there is a digital mind. Oh, maybe you could help us answer this question. What is the biggest Never. thing? I'm very clever guy. Whoa. Count to a fifty in the blink of my eye and print a picture. And then I tell you the time. time. Help you to find something you're wanting to find. No, it's easy to be a clever smart boy like me. If you just do it all digitally. Wow, I'd like to be as smart as a computer. Oh, I love trash. Anything dirty or dingy or dusty. Anything ragged or rotten or rusty. Yes, I love trash. If you really want to see something trashy, look at this. Throw it in the trash. Throw it in the trash. Hello, MMD. Jason here with my side of this episode of the Garbage Cast Conversations. And yes, our topic this time is old computers. The computers we started off with, uh, our history, I guess, in computers, and a little bit, uh, maybe, I'm not sure if you will have anything to talk about or not, but a little bit about the vintage technology we might still have lingering around today. And uh, a while back, probably five or six years ago, I had a lot of old stuff sitting around. I still had an IBM ThinkPad with Windows 98 on it. And before that, I had a, uh, a Compaq Contura Aero, which was like a little sub-notebook. I, I think it went all the way up to Windows 95, I believe. But I got rid of all of that stuff a really long time ago. That was one of the first things that I cleaned out was old computer stuff, except for... This fine laptop that I have sitting before me, now if this was television, you could see it just as well as I see it uh, before me, but uh, you'll just have to uh, settle for hearing it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fire it up and then uh, talk to you a bit about, well, my ancient experience with computers. <laughs> it, goes it goes pretty far back, uh, back to the, uh, you, it would seem like the Stone Age probably compared to your computer history. But uh, let's go ahead and fire this up. I'm going to move the microphone down a little bit. Make sure you hear the startup sound. Oh, yeah. You know what that startup sound is. That is the startup sound for Macintosh. And uh, this, is my, this is my iBook G3 from many, many, many moon ago. This is 2002. So that would make this computer 16 years old this year. Now the smiley Mac face has appeared. Um, now this is a computer I bought off of eBay several years ago. I've talked about it a long time ago, I guess, on my podcast. And you've heard voices from it. I, I believe it is the Simple Text Program. And the reason I bought this computer... Uh, is because I wanted a laptop that ran uh, Mac OS 9.2. I did not want to move over into OS X. I wanted to be able to use software I had that ran on uh, OS 6 and 7. Uh, and there's there there is certain software that does not run correctly once you go back to OS 6 on this version of OS 9. But uh, I, I wanted a computer that 
was as modern as I could possibly get running OS 9. This is about it. <laughs> and uh, also had USB ports. So, oh, I have a message that says, Your Macintosh's internal clock is set to a year before 1973. This may cause certain applications to behave erratically. Please use the date and time control panel to set the clock manually. For more information, see Mac Help. Uh, <laughs> this uh, stays unplugged uh, the majority of the year. Even though I have a newer laptop battery in it, the internal battery has long uh, since taken a dump. And since it stays off, you know, almost all the time. I rarely boot this up. There's just no point in me putting a battery in it just to kill it. So uh, I just always update it uh, as needed. So we'll do that together. You have to hit the little apple in the upper left-hand corner and go down to control panels. And in the control panel, you find the date and time control panel. Oh, it says that today's date is January the 1st, 1904. <laughs> so, yes, we want to correct that. I'm surprised the computer doesn't like Upchuck when I put in that it's 2018. It probably is like, no way. Uh, it seems just foreign to it, probably. It cannot, it cannot compute this. PM. There we go. Now the time is set correctly. So, uh, Oh, you have the option to use a network time server. Unfortunately, it won't connect. So let me... Uh, there you go. Boom. I guess this has an Ethernet port. I've never used it. It does have an Ethernet port. I could connect this to an Ethernet cable. And uh, this is so old, it does connect to an Apple AirPort, which is the Apple Wireless, but you have to have a, an old, old, old AirPort in order for it to work. You can't use a modern AirPort. You can't use modern wireless with this beyond, like, I, I think B is as fast, and, and, you know, it won't recognize any security above, like, the most primitive wireless security you can find. And yet I do have an old airport that I can connect to my network. It's totally unsafe. <laughs> Luckily I live out in the sticks and nobody's going to hack it. And uh, But it, it kind of runs hot, so I, you know, I have no need to get on the internet with this anymore. I do have an email program that works, and I can, I do have a as modern a web browser as this thing will run, and you can do light web surfing on this. And yes, one day, like a hipster, I did take this up to Starbucks and uh, play with it, and it would not connect to the wireless there or do anything. And people kind of look at you like you're nuts. Um, so it has not left the house. It's only left the house that one time. Uh, but yes, uh, so to give you a little bit of history, I used Mac OS in college. Uh, we had, when I worked for the music department in college, we converted over the music library from Apple IIe to Macintosh, and I had a Mac Classic on my, uh, well, I had two, one in the office desk and one back in the library on the desk, and I converted everything over, and they were still using that when I left, and I'm sure it's a much more modern system now because it's been over 20 years ago. But uh, so we went from the, the card catalog and Apple IIe, and I don't remember the database program, uh, you know, I could make a wild guess, uh, but I believe I put everything on FileMaker Pro uh, for Mac. So I always loved Macs. I ended up with a used Mac Classic for a long time. I wish I hadn't sold it, you know, but I needed space. We were moving apartments at the time, and I sold it. It was cheap to buy. It was cheap to get rid of, uh, and that's been it's been probably 20 years since I had a uh, Mac Classic, or I guess it was 90, 98, 99 when I got rid of my Mac Classic. And uh, before that, my personal computer was a PowerBook 520, which ran, I think, up to OS 7. 
And uh, then I ended up getting Windows 95, and I've been mostly PC-based ever since. So I never had a computer, I never owned a computer that went beyond OS 9 uh, on the Mac side. So it was kind of nice getting this back, and, you know, this little piece of, of history back. And I had the old stuff saved to disks and stuff, and I was able to get all of my uh, software back on here. Uh, so that was kind of cool. And so far, this computer works perfectly. For being as old as it is, it's in fantastic shape. And it does something else very special. Let me click over to it, and I'll play a little bit for you. See if you recognize this. Certain Mac people will recognize this sound here. That is the sound of flying toasters with flying bread. And you can, you can make your toast light, medium, or dark. <laughs> the the uh, little toasters will fly all day long, and uh, that is a uh, that's another thing I wanted to have again. It's a shame there's no flying toasters for modern computers. I always enjoyed the after dark screensavers uh, on the Macintosh. We'll we'll leave that in the background for a little bit. That'll be our, that'll be our little soundtrack. Now, if you go way way back in history, in my history, back to elementary school, uh, really early in elementary school, they got some Apple IIs. I don't, I don't guess they were two E's. I don't know if they were just regular twos, uh, but I can remember being in like first grade and helping them set up an Apple computer, and also helping the teacher run like uh, Oregon Trail and stuff like that. And if there was ever a problem with a computer, they would ask me to look at it, even though I was like in you know first, second, and third grade. So, you know, I adapted to computers very quick and read, like, magazines like Compute Magazine and different uh, computer magazines. And the first computer we had in our house, aside from the Atari VCS, uh, was a Texas Instruments 99-4A. And uh, I was really pleased when I got Extended Basic and I had all my own programs I would write. Uh, and I would write, and I would, uh, you know, type in programs from magazines, different computer magazines and stuff like that. I had a cassette recorder where I could record my programs to cassette and play them back and uh, load them from cassette into the Texas Instruments. And I also had the speech synthesizer, which allowed you to say things through the computer, program it to talk, all of that good stuff, along with multiple Texas Instruments 994A games, like I think Munchman was their version of of Pac-Man, and then Parsec was their kind of version of it was like a either Defender or uh, Lunar Lander or you know all of the above together. Maybe it was more like Vanguard, if you remember that video game. And then the first PC I had was an Amstrad, which I believe is a company out of the UK. I don't know how we ended up with it. And it had two five and a half inch floppy drives. And so some games I would get would like have, and I crap you not, like 10, 12 different floppies. And you'd be playing the game and all of a sudden it would, it would halt and say, okay, insert floppy, you know, five now. And you would, you would just be inserting floppy because there was no hard drive. Everything, you know, ran right off of the disks or in the, uh, you know, the random access memory, I guess. And, uh, you know, it would load into what little memory it had. And, uh, boom, there you go. And then when I, like I said, when I went to college, we had a PC uh, lab in the library where you could write up, uh, war like, stuff in WordPerfect. And in the offices, uh, like the upstairs office, uh, there was a computer in one of the offices, but we still typed stuff on typewriters mo most of the time. 
and we ran copies off ditto machines. I mean, this was right before technology really became even accessible to colleges. It was so expensive. Like a computer, a desktop could be like four grand, and it would hardly do a thing. And we weren't networked. Uh, you know, downstairs where we had the Macs, we weren't networked or anything. Everything moved back and forth with floppy disks. And, uh, you know, it was just like, it was just, things were just starting. And by the time I got out of college, we saw our first bits of the Internet. And there was a special lab you had to go to to get on the Internet. You couldn't do it from, like, the regular, like, library lab. You had to go to this special lab and sign in. And you were allowed to use the Internet, you know, for 30 minutes or something. You could bring up primitive web pages and Netscape Navigator. It was pretty exciting. And, um, you know, the first computer I ever connected to the network with was that PowerBook 520. I had, a, I think I had like a, I don't know if it was a 2400 baud. I think it was maybe a 14.4 by that time. And I could connect through like terminal at my apartment and could, you know, get on the university stuff like Gopher and all of that text-based stuff. Uh, I don't really remember there being a graphical web browser uh, until I moved to Windows 95. And my first Windows 95 machine, I remember it very well because Canon made it. It was a Canon desktop, and I bought it on day one. The day Windows 95 came out, I went down and bought a desktop with Windows 95. And it had an internal modem, and I was able to get on Prodigy, and use the internet on Prodigy. Oh, how exciting. And I had a Prodigy email address. I don't remember what it was now. And uh, pretty exciting, pretty exciting stuff. But, you know, the real fun, like going back to the PowerBook, uh, when you were on the text-based, uh, you know, almost like a green screen terminal going on, getting on the internet, I had a book of commands that the university gave me because it was through their network. And... Um, Oh, it was like it was like a phone book filled with stuff, all kinds of instructions, all kinds of things you could type in, how you could connect to other universities, a email, a primitive version of email, and all of this different stuff. It was just craziness. Craziness now at the time is super exciting. Now it seems like the Stone Age. It's like we're talking about the Stone Age. So even all through college, um, I would say until like 2000. The internet to me was very primitive. I, I rarely used email. I rarely, it was mostly kind of goofing around. I, I wasn't really a big hobbyist. I was interested in computers. I knew a lot about them, but, uh, you know, it was a tool that you used, but your life was still 90% not using computers. <laughs> now it's right there in our hands. You know, it's, it's part of daily life. It seems like at all times it's a fallback. It's our, it's our hobby, it's our diversion, it's the tool we use at work. You know, I'm sitting here looking at my work computer that is so much more powerful than this thing. It's not even funny what it can do compared to my iBook. And I think my iBook is 2002, you know. Uh, I think they said this model was announced in 2001. And I have one of the later iBook G3s. And uh, mine is called the Snow edition. They, they had a clamshell, which was the kind of funky looking one, and then they had the snow edition, which is more like a, what a laptop looks like today. Very modern, but very stylish. You can tell there's a Steve Jobs. It, it's got like a clear uh, border around it. The mouse, you can see through the whole mouse. It's, to, to the, like the, it's like there's a mouse inside of the clear shell of the mouse. It's very odd. Um, let me stop that real quick here. 
I tell you, this is a 30 gig hard drive, uh, and I'm running, how much RAM do I have in this? 640 megs. 640 megs of RAM. <laughs> so I don't even have a gig of RAM. I have 640 megs of RAM. Uh, I'm running Mac OS 9.2.2, uh, which is the, I think that's as far as you get. I don't think there was a 9.2.3. I think this was it. So, um, so there you go. That's kind of like my whole history of computing. Back to the Texas Instruments. Uh, you know, where I really cut my teeth was the Atari 2600. I mean, that got me interested in moving things and how, what you could really do with a computer uh, and how you could program something. And then the Texas Instruments is the first time I really programmed anything. The Amstrad uh, is where I, you know, video games, wrote papers, I did more programming. I think I had an early version of Visual Basic on that. I, I do recall, like, a very early version of, if it wasn't Visual Basic, it was some sort of a basic, you know, but, I mean, we're talking 1989, 1988, so, I mean, this is some really old school stuff. And then um, a progression of Macintoshes that I used at school until I got my own, and then Windows 95. And after Windows 95, I never went back to Mac because Mac was so expensive anyway. And the, the worst part of it is my PowerBook 520 had nothing but problems. Uh, it was always in the shop. And I put a really bad taste in my mouth. The quality control, something was up. And I think I blew three logic boards in a year. Uh, and it would always have to go back to Apple support, you know, Apple. And it would be gone for weeks. And then it would finally come back fixed, and then something else would happen to it. And they would say, yeah, it's a it's a fault in the machine. And, and I was like, how many times does it have to go back before you say it's a lemon and give me something else? Uh, you know, buy it back. I'll buy, I'll buy something else. Uh, because I had friends that had, like, PowerBook 180s. I think they were 180s or 160s. They were, like, bulletproof. You couldn't, you couldn't break them. You couldn't do anything, you know. And my PowerBook was always in the shop. So that dude, that put a bad taste in my mouth for Apple products for a long time. And then, um, so that's how I ended up on Windows 95. And uh, ever since, I had a steady progression of Windows machines. But I always had this love of uh, OS, you know, the early OSs of Mac. And that's why a few years back, I had to get this machine right here. So let me open a uh, special program here, the Simple Text program. And now let me... Uh, let me type my final message in here, and I'll play it for you. And then that will be the end of my segment here in this uh, look back at computing here in the Garbage Cast Conversations. Let's see here. What do I want it to say? I think I have something in there I want to share. Let's see. Just rephrase that sentence right there. Okay, now I have to highlight it. I have to go to sound. I have to choose a voice. Let me choose a voice I want. This would be a familiar voice if you've heard uh, 
the Up in the Spring podcast in the past. Okay, so here it is. We're going to end with this. Hopefully it will sound right. I'm not proofing this ahead of time. Uh, when I have played these uh, these uh, phrases in the past, I've had to go back and edit things and rephrase certain words so they sound correct. So this may sound like crap, but hey, that that is what happens. Are you ready? All right, here it is, our final message in this segment of the Garbage Cast Conversations.
PSP, MSN, ICQ, and MIRC. LOL, PDF, and DOC. DSL and LAN is a place to be. DOS, Megaflex, and WinXP. MP3, VAR, and IPOD. NFO, MOB, and DVD. COM and ORG is an NET. ZIP, RAR, and JPG. GIF, IMG, and PST. GBS. As you probably guessed, this week's topic for the Garbage Cast Conversations is computers. I want to try and keep it low. Trying to work on my, my fading skills. Not really super precise at that bottom. Everything is being boosted now that I have a new mic preamp. But that's, that's a story for another time. So, this is the MMD. This is a Garbage Cast Conversations. This week we're talking about computers. Just give me a second. Let me minimize my keyboard tray. Yeah, that way it's not like right over my knees and then it's not bumping. Um, so computers. Now when Up in This Brain pitched this idea, I was like, what am I going to say about computers? I... I my, my very first computer experience that I can remember is being in school and working on Unix computers. Unix workstations, like in big local area networks. Um, they were like these big clunky Unix machines. They looked really old when we had a chance to play with them. Um, the computer lab was split in our primary school was split between like there was 20 unix workstations and then the rest were like windows 95 machines that were all um built by like a, a custom building computer company remember when those were a thing where you used to like go to like a third party computer store and get like a, a windows 95 machine built to spec based on like a variety of um like, you would get, like, a, a bunch of, like, different computer parts assembled into a machine. So it was, like, a, you know, not a not a branded, like, Apple computer or something. It was just, like, a Hits or, like, a John's Computers or um, what is now the only custom computer builder. Like, you can go to, like, a Tiger Direct now and get like a Cybertron computers, but I think Canada computers is the only place that will assemble computer parts for you. I never really had the, the necessary like fine motor skills to really, um, build a PC by myself. Um, and I was always worried about, you know, buying a lot, like a lot of computer parts, spending all that money and damaging them somehow by building my own PC. But when I was younger, I would definitely do a lot of like maintenance and, you know, like DOS commands and stuff. My uncle, who used to live with us, um, taught me most of the basics of, of of computer and computer maintenance. So we we had so that was my first computer experience. That Unix workstation. I used to play um, Mathville on it, and it was like this basic sprite game that you would use math to run your life and budget for oranges and, and shit. Um, like, you would make money at a job, and then you would take that to go buy groceries, and then 
if you had money left over, you could do other stuff with it. And it was basically a budgeting game. And then after that, um, we started getting, like, typing courses, which I didn't really do well at. And um, I never really learned how to type properly. Uh, and then... What else? Like, we did, like, Mavis Beacon typing, but I was never really... really, really super good at it. Um, with my hands, like, as soon as I start typing, my hands go numb. Um, so, we had, like, the Windows 95 machines. Both of my earliest computer that we owned were, um, like, Hits brand third-party built um, Windows 95 equivalent machines. And then my one of my uncles had a Packer Bell that he spent a lot of money on, and I used to play um, King's Quest V on. That is a brutally difficult game for a child to play. Um, I also remember playing Test Drive on my uncle when I was at my uncle's like accounting business, I would play test drive forward on his Windows 95 machine, and it was a, a test drive racing game, but it only had Ford model vehicles. So you could only choose between like Ford, Mercury, Lincoln, and whatever else they had, and you'd drive like this, this track with these different Ford Tauruses and shit, and it was pretty, pretty lame, and that's like Basically, my earliest computer memories, this is uh, when I was like 10 or 13, and then I remember buying a machine that was capable of playing a Sim Hotel, I think it was Sim Tower, Sim Tower 2000 or something, Sim Tower, it was definitely uh, like a hotel simulator game. And you would build like this big tower and you fill it with businesses and condos and houses and restaurants and subways and stock trading places. And, and you'd have to get VIPs and stuff. And I wasn't super good at that. Um, my computer chair is making noise. Uh, and then from there, when those computers aged out, that's when we started buying um, a lot of like compacts compact desktops from, like, Best Buy or, or Future Shop, which at the, uh, at the time, those were garbage. Um, constantly would break. So I had a lot of compact presarios for a while, and, uh, like, Hewlett-Packard pavilions that were just filled with just bloatware. And then I, I went to university, and so I had a lot of laptops, um, a lot of Toshiba laptops, um... I had a Sony one, a Vio, for like a year, and then I, I destroyed it somehow. Um, and in between there, I would like find computers that we'd like we'd buy like buy these used filing cabinets and find like business machines like Dell Latitudes and stuff. Um, I remember getting these like Dell Latitude business machines that had like a gig space on them in Windows 95 and you could change out 
the bay with a, flo like a floppy drive or a C drive, or you can put like another battery in. But it was only like a gig. So you would store everything on like jazz drives. I remember going to school and being required to buy my own jazz disc as part of the, the computer requirements in, in high school. Um, and then we didn't need them anymore. Um, our computer lab in high school had all these iMacs, those colorful iMacs. And then about that same time, my dad bought a, a Mac G3 from Xerox that was part of our photocopier. Um, but then that got sent back. It was a big debacle. Um, they took it back, but we didn't get a receipt, and so they sued us. Long, long, long story. So then... I've only had like a few Macs. I've had one of the original Mac desktops, like an Apple II, but that was before I could even like really use it. We got it as part of a trade. And then we had the G5, uh, the G3, and then my dad bought two identical G5 um, power PC based Macs. Um, they were supposed to be our new workstations for the, the printing business. But no one knew how to use them very well. It was like a complete debacle. It had like five five fans. I ended up using one of them for university too. It had five fans. But it still would overheat constantly. And they, they would be spinning max RPM. And so we cannibalized. I shipped one to Montreal and cannibalized it for an, to make the other one work. And then... After all those computers, I basically just had laptops for a while. Just I was trying to get as thin and as light um, laptops as I possibly could. These like these were my own personal machines. I'm, I'm trying to keep them all organized, but um, sorry, my hand just like cracked. Uh, I had Dell XPS, my favorite laptop. Um, the original Studio XPS 13 from Dell. That was a sweet machine. I had it like a, a full like four-year or three-year warranty covered the whole thing. It was um, They came to me every time it f had a problem and they serviced it, which was pretty sweet because you used to have to send computers back to like a, a repair depot for repairs, and oftentimes you buy it from, like, Best Buy or Future Shop, and it'd be gone for weeks, and you'd be without a computer. Um, and you have to borrow or whatever, use a computer lab. Um, so that was really important, and you super useful in, in uh, university, because I could just basically go and get it done within, like, a day. Um, that has to be my favorite computer. And then right after that, I had, like, the next version of that. Because my computer was constantly failing. Like, the heating, the, the cooling fans. The thing about laptops is that there's only so much space in there for ventilation and cooling. So, you know, there's, like, a natural limit to how 
and while it can vent heat, so it would constantly like overheat and like the fans would stop working and they would replace hard fan like hard they replace the fan, the motherboard, the hard drive. Like the, like by the time they were done, they replaced, they replaced the whole computer, so they just scrapped it and they gave me a new one. That was actually the worst computer I ever owned. The Dell XPS 13, that the second generation, was one of the worst. It was um, it had like this plastic, like a flimsy plastic screen, but it had like a metal body. So um, it was attached by these metal hinges, and the whole entire screen would flex when you'd open it and close it because the hinges were so stiff you had to like use some force to open and close it even after like months of using it so eventually I still have it the hinges like the hinges still remain but the connecting pieces of plastic where the wiring ran through those broke so like it's quite not quite working and then after all of that I decided like I didn't want any more computers built by compact or HP or anything and I did a, was doing a lot of, of recording now with podcasting and so I decided to build a machine specifically designed to do um, recording and that's my current PC. I built it four years ago. I had it built by Canada Computers. Um, using like all silent parts, silent cases, uh, silent power supplies. Now it's a near silent power supply because it died. It shorted eventually. I think a year ago. And so they replaced that. Um, it's liquid cooled. The case has like sound dampening. And it's kind of just my all enclosed, sealed up little black box. It's just like I turn it on and it runs and it does what I need it to do with the recording software. And I have very little issues with it. It's been my, my best recording computer. No matter what program I tend to use on it. Because I used to record a lot on laptops and it would have all sorts of audio issues. Um, with the sound quality and... Um, like 60 hertz hum and stuff. It would just be awful. So I built this specifically to just like produce as clean audio as I possibly could. And that's basically my main machine. I have like a phone and I have now a Amazon Fire tablet that I use for internet browsing. But I don't don't really have like a, a PC, like a laptop anymore. Um, my main PC is a desktop, so that kind of limits me in some ways. But I mean, I take most of my notes and do most of my stuff on a computer. And I think that's about it. Like I don't think I'm, I'm leaving anything out. That's basically my entire PC history. Um, if I think of something, I'll, I'll make an addendum. So this has been the MMD. Hopefully you're not hearing my nose whistle. What the hell? I'm still working out the kinks of this mic preamp. I think it's doing a little bit too good a job.
Um, I think it's also boosting the USB in. But yeah, this has been PCs. I've been MMD. Another garbage cast is in the can. Dump it. Need a computer.